0: While many of you will already own or run a distillery, there's an increasing trend where producers of other drinks are also moving into the spirit sector. Microbreweries, cider and winemakers are allured by the ability to diversify their offering with small batch spirits. And today's guest has a wealth of experience in helping them do just that. Matt Savini and Vanessa Rapier co-founded the craft distilling business in 2017. They first met in 1998, working for soft drinks manufacturer Cot Beverages Matt in R&D. More than two decades and lots of gin later, the craft distilling business was born out of a mutual desire to bring something exciting and innovative to the retail and hospitality industry. And since then, they have built and installed a wealth of micro distilleries, developed countless spirits recipes, and supported dozens of craft distillers in the creation of high-quality, premium spirit brands. In this episode, recorded at our Brewer's Congress in London, co-founder Matt Savini shares his experiences building and commissioning more than 150 craft distilleries. He explains why more microbreweries, cider and winemakers are turning to distilling, the costs of diversifying into spirits, and the common mistakes to avoid.
1: Hello everyone. So I run a company that builds micro distilleries and we help people uh, set up new businesses in distilling. And one of the things we've noticed over the last couple of years since uh, the last lockdown is brewers are starting to diversify into distilling. So I'm gonna share some of the the common learnings from some of my clients um, and answer four questions. Why are brewers st- distilling? What are they making? What are the costs of setting up? And more importantly, what are the pitfalls? And there are three pitfalls that are really common that people do every single time. So I'm gonna share those three. So the first reason why distillers, uh, why brewers are distilling is it's it's profitable and a growing market. In America, in particular, a lot of the micro-brewers have turned to to distilling for this reason. But there are other more obvious benefits. If you want to make spirits from scratch, you need a brew house to to feed your stills. And brewers already have the equipment. And even if you're not making spirits from scratch, a lot of the equipment is is common. So steam generators, tanks, etc. So if you're already brewing, you have a huge advantage over newbies in, in, the, in the game. The second is the route to market for spirits is very similar to beer. So you can, share, you can use your existing sales staff and marketing team. Uh, lastly, it's, it's really easy to teach someone how to distill. I can teach a brewer how to distill in a day. I could not teach somebody to brew in a day so you've got the skill sets already there in your team so what are they making oh sorry why are they making it fizzle? um one of the, one of the reasons brewers are are distilling is uh to save some costs on um on uh seasonal products wine makers have seasonal raw ingredients beers have sa- seasonal um Um, markets especially if you're in a tourist area um, you might only be selling beer for half the year so the other half the year why not use your raw raw materials and your skill sets to distill. The other is to reduce waste when when you cock up or do experimental batches. A lot of our customers are converting bad beer or bad wine into bioethanol. Now I'm going to explain why this is not a good business choice to solely make um, bioethanol uh, in a later, later slide. But if you are using bioethanol on your pl- in your plant, then this is a good way of getting rid of crap product. The other is new marketing opportunities. Um, if you've got a visitor center in particular, um, it's much easier to attract visitors to a gin distillery than it is a brewery because you're, you're attracting a wider demographic of age and sex. Um, and Especially for Red Letter Day gifts, it's much more common to give a gift for a a, a gin distillery tour than it is a brewery tour. The other thing about spirits, because they are concentrated, they make much easier gifts. So for the gifting market, it's much easier to gift wrap uh, a a pack of miniatures than it is a, a case of beer. If you have a lot of uh, visitors coming to your, to your brewery buying directly, um, it's far more profitable to sell a single bottle of whiskey than it is four crates of beer. And therefore, um, you get more bang per visitor. So what are, what are, what are brewers making? Um, some, and very few, are making vodka and neutral spirit uh, and bioethanol, and I'll explain why That's a less attractive market um, than than, um, whiskey, rum, brandy, or gin, uh, in a later slide. The majority of our customers are either distilling from scratch, making um, um, whiskey in particular, and rum is becoming far more popular um, because uh, it's a growing market. But the most most common uh, entry level distilling is rectifying, not distilling from scratch. And 80% of all the gin in the world is made by buying in, bought in, ready-made neutral spirit and not distilling from scratch. And the reason that is, is um, uh, neutral grain spirit is a byproduct of the bioethanol industry made in industrial scale, millions of liters at a time. Um, and you, you will never ever be able to buy or make neutral spirit at the same price as you can buy it, and you won't be able to make it at the same quality. So if you're gonna make gin, don't make, it, don't make spirit yourself, buy it in. And most, most brewers that start off distilling, start off rectifying, and take a step stepping stone approach. They start off by making gin, or they make spice rum by buying in, buying in rum from the Caribbean and redistilling it with the botanicals. And they learn that their art um, m- m- rectifying. And maybe in the third year, they might turn to making rum or whiskey. So yes, what to avoid? So I've already explained you you shouldn't try to make neutral spirit. Um, You also shouldn't try and make vodka. Vodka essentially watered down neutral spirit. And it's very difficult to compete with the industrial process. The other area you mustn't go to is the bottom end of the market. If you're selling mass market vodka, for example, you'll only be making roughly one pound per bottle. If you're selling premium gin at 35 pounds a bottle, you're making 15 pounds a bottle. So you have to work 15 times harder to sell a cheap bottle of vodka than you would a, a high price gin. So what are the costs? If you're rectifying and not distilling from scratch, you can set up a, a gin distillery, by the equipment at least, for £11,000. That would give you uh, a 50 litre still that's capable of making 250 litres in four hours. Um, and if you're only selling locally, that's more gin than you, 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 you'll ever be able to sell. So from a very small investment, you can make gin. The same equipment will also make. Uh, rectified, um, botanical-spiced rum. The next step up is making whiskey, brandy, and rum f- from scratch. Um, you'll need a bigger still, um, because a 300-litre still will only produce around about 30 litres of new-made spirit. So, a 50-litre still just w- would be a hobby, and not considered a real, a real venture by HMC. So you've got to get a a decent-sized still to make whiskey or rum or brandy. It's a bigger investment, but still relatively affordable. If you want to make vodka, on the other hand, you need at least a 500-litre still to get the economies to scale. And also, vodka stills are far more complicated and sophisticated than a whiskey still. And they're far more expensive. You'll need to spend an absolute minimum of 100 grand to get something that's considered a little bit more than a toy if you wanna make vodka. So my advice to anyone who's thinking about making vodka, unless you're gonna invest at least a million pounds, don't bother, it's a waste of time. You'll never make money. Right, the three common mistakes that people nearly always make is when they buy a gin distillery, they buy a distillery far too big. Um, The photograph here, that's of Monkey 47 in Germany, and I'm not suggesting for a minute they've made a mistake. They, they went big time from, from scratch. So I don't know how much that still cost, but it was probably over a million quid. Um, what I am saying is you don't need to go big. If you're, if you're making gin, 11K is all you need. And nearly all my customers that start off making gin buy a gin that's way too big. If you buy a little 50-litre still, we'll buy it back off you, and you, you can get an, a, a bigger one if, it, if you've outgrown it. Really simple. Don't buy a still too big if you're making gin. If you're making whiskey, don't buy a still that's too small. Nearly all my customers that start off making whiskey outgrow their whiskey still within a year. So buy the biggest still that you can afford or fit in your building if you're making whiskey. You'll grow into it. And a a whiskey still that has twice the capacity is only maybe 10% more expensive. So with whiskey, go big, gin, go small. And then the last mistake that every single customer of mine makes is they don't, they don't take advantage of the tax incentives. After lockdown, after sorry, COVID, the government started a tax incentive called superannuation, which meant for every pound you invested in equipment, uh, you got 25 pence back. They, in the new budget, they changed the rules and they, there's a new tax system called um, full expenditure. It's basically the same system with slightly different rules. But again, for every pound you invest, you get 25 pence back. Almost every single customer that buys a distillery from me is unaware of this. HMSC have told me that 25% uh, only 25% of people that are entitled to this tax incentive take it up. So if you do invest in a distillery, or in, in, fact, in fact, for that matter, in a brewery, don't forget about this tax incentive. And if, if, it's, if you've not heard about it, come and ask me and I'll, I'll tell you how you're accounted for now. Look it up.
0: Matt, you're an absolute star. The Distiller's Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media. Produced and hosted by Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks to Matt Savini of the craft distilling business.